I've been waiting 23 years to say that. Yeah, here we go. Ready, ready, ready. Here we go, here we go, here we go. Now, what is my weakness? Men. Oh, never mind. Wait, what? <laughs> Your weakness is men? You don't know that song by uh, Salt and Peppa? No. Oh, okay, Shoot. now it makes more sense. Oh, yeah, I just hadn't thought of it in a really long time. I, I could have just left and be like, what? I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> You probably could have. Yeah. Welcome to the FBI's Most Unwanted. I'm Matt. I'm Justin. And if you ever wonder why there's always that beginning conversation before we start the show, it's basically just for editing purposes so that I can sync up the show. I could edit it out, but it's usually funnier to leave it in. Exactly. <laughs> and because always, most of the time, it's just random conversations. There's like, no, we roll. Keep rolling. <laughs> yep, pretty much. All right, so we are back for the next episode in Season 1. It is Season 1, Episode 8, Ice. It is written by Glenn Morgan and James Wan. Like I said earlier in the uh, season, two names that will come up very often over the course of the X-Files. And it is directed by David Nutter, another name that will come up over the course of the series. And it originally aired on November 5th, 1993. Yeah. Man, 1993 was a long time ago, it, it seems was, like. man. Oh, my God. Um, part of the fun of this show for me, uh, that uh, as we record it, is that uh, I don't ask you beforehand for your thoughts on the show, except this time you did kind of let it slip a little teeny bit how you feel about this one, but I'll ask you anyway. What did you think of this one before we get into the details of the show? This one was freaking awesome. I really um. enjoyed it. Uh, well, we, well, when you mentioned beforehand, when we were we was like, well, this is like kind of what the thing is based off of. Well, yeah, it's it's based on the same uh, book. The book was called Who Goes There, and so yeah. Yeah, and I like I'm like, well, there's so much so many elements of it in this and mm -hmm. I, I freaking loved it. Yep. I'm gonna admit something that maybe I've told you before, maybe not. I've never you, seen the thing. You already you I already knew that. Oh, okay. Yeah. I keep meaning to and I just haven't. I don't know, maybe it's just because I've never seen it anywhere where I can watch it, but I don't know. Anyway, I've never seen the thing. I know I'm a I'm a bad horror fan. Such a bad horror person, man. Yep. We're yep, gonna have to start much. a third podcast where it's just we watch horror movies that I've seen that, that I've you haven't seen. seen. <laughs> yep. That would man. Ooh. Don't give me ideas. We don't. We barely have enough time for the two we yes. do. <laughs> All right. So. Uh, looking forward to, since you have seen the thing, however, you telling me as we go along the similarities between this and the thing. Um, and I already know the first one is this is a, because uh, the, the cold open, pun intended, 
takes place at the Arctic Ice Core Project in Icy Cape, Alaska, 250 miles north of the Arctic Circle. The original thing is also in an Arctic research station, right? Yep. That's what I thought. What country is it in? It's not uh, United Russia. States, right? I think it's Russia. Okay. Because I do know that the whole thing with the thing is that um, the entire plot is given away in like the first line of dialogue, except it's in another language. So if you don't speak that language, you don't know what he said. Yeah, yeah. It's I think given yeah. away at the very beginning. Spoiler if you haven't seen it, but it's not a huge spoiler. Um, right. There's a dog that goes running. Uh, they go, runs away from the uh, when when everyone shows that when Kurt Russell and company show up at the site. There's a there's a husky that's running away from a Russian guy, and mm-hmm. the Russian is like yelling at him, and it basically is saying, "Don't let it get away. It's not a dog." Uh, for, oh, for, okay. in, in layman's terms or whatever, I forget the exact words it's used. Sure. But yeah, it's like, it's not a dog, don't let it escape kind of deal. All right. Speaking of dogs, uh, once we see that we are at the Arctic Ice Core Project, uh, it cuts to the inside of the building and there's a dog wandering around inside. Uh, And then we see some dead bodies and the place is in disarray. And then we see one alive guy. He's got no shirt on. And he's covered in blood, and he's carrying around a gun, so we can figure he's probably been up to some shit. And he turns on his broadcasting equipment and a video camera, and he says, We are not who we are. We are not who we are. It goes further than it goes no further than this. It stops right here, right now, and then he gets attacked by another guy from behind who grabs him and they have a big fight. And then they have a standoff where they point guns at each other and they stare at each other for quite a, uh, for quite an extended period of time. Then they both lower their guns. Then they both put their own gun up to their own head and we cut back to an outside view and there is the sound of gunshots. So, I mean, typical, uh, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Typical, yeah. That seems like a pretty normal day. Yeah, huh? I mean, well, I mean, like, especially be, especially in these kind of circumstances of cold, like, especially now that I'm getting used to the, their cold opens mm-hmm. of, like, weird, bizarre stuff, like, right beforehand. I mean, it's nothing that we haven't seen before. I mean, a lot of places do that. They're always a hype in. But I was just like, sure. and it's already kind of knowing going in what it was by, kind of based on. I was like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I kind of gave away some of it when I told you it was based on the th- uh, the same book as The Thing. Um, so anyway, after the opening credits, there's uh, video footage from the team when they were happy and healthy. And they're celebrating the fact that they did like the deepest dig into the ice that there ever was. And uh, Mulder explains to Scully they were sent up there to drill into the ice to basically just kind of reveal the history of Earth's climate because, you know, ice stores history of, you know, what's in the air and the water as it builds up over time. Uh, And he says it was really successful and there was no history of any kind of problems at the site until they received the transmission of the video that the guy recorded in the cold open. 
And uh, Scully is like, well, <clears throat> what happened here? And Mulder's like, don't know. Nobody's been able to get there yet. But uh, they either think we're really brilliant or they think we're really expendable because we're going. And Scully's like, uh, I wonder if they had extreme isolation distress. And Mulder says something about, nah, you know, they were professionals. They were heavily screened and... The, you know, they were mentally sound and everything. So we're leaving for Nome, Alaska right now to meet up with three scientists who know a little bit about the project. There's and no we're gonna gnomes go... in Alaska. <laughs> uh, that's not where... Uh... Oh, shit. What was the name of that cartoon with the gnome? Was it David the Gnome? David the Gnome? Yeah. yeah. That's not where David the Gnome lives. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, well. Um, so, you know, they're leaving and he reveals that they only have three days to get in and get out because there's going to be another big storm heading into the area. So they go in. So the next scene is at the airport and there's a guy there listening to a football game and we find out that he's Denny Murphy. And if he looks familiar to you, that's because the actor's name is Steve Heitner and he played Kenny Banya on Seinfeld. So, uh... Just in case anybody watching this episode recognized that guy, Banya is the guy that told really terrible jokes about like Ovaltine and stuff. Oh, that guy. Weird. Okay. Yep. Or Bosco or whatever. Yep. <clears throat> uh, he was a rival comic that Seinfeld, that Jerry thought was really terrible, but he somehow was successful or whatever. Um, and then two other folks come up, uh, Dr. Hodge, and if he's a man that looks familiar to you, you're probably a fan of The Walking Dead, because that actor's name is Xander Berkeley, and he plays Gregory, and a woman is also with him, uh, Dr. De Silva, and she, if she looks familiar to you, you are probably a fan of Desperate Housewives, because she is played by Felicity Huffman, and she's on the show Desperate Housewives, just to set up some so everybody knows who everybody is. Uh, and then the pilot shows up. He's a big, somewhat kind of tough guy named Bear, which is a terrible name for a person. It really is. They had to have the one guy with like a weird nickname. Yeah, guys, I'm Bear and I'm going to... He And he acts all tough and shit. And anyway, so they fly up there to the research station and, you know, it's dark out because it's above the Arctic Circle and there's no power inside so they bust in and they find the dead bodies and bear goes to get the power started and uh while they're searching around Mulder finds samples of the ice cores and the camera zooms in on one of them kind of implying something about the ice core that I didn't quite catch I didn't really quite understand what they were getting at with that specific one but whatever Specific, Did you? I think it's just specifically like this. That I was kind of confused. I think it was just something about like inhabitants of possible life that were like yeah. in the Earth's core. Like, maybe I don't remember exactly. Weird, anyway. Uh, they keep searching around and Mulder gets attacked by the dog and, uh, bear runs in and pulls the dog off of Mulder, but bear gets bit and Mulder did not, but bear does. And at the same time, Dr. Hodge injects the dog with some kind of sedative and it, you know, goes to sleep. 
Um, so as they're examining the dog, trying to figure out what's wrong with it, you know, someone is like, oh, it maybe it has rabies. And it's like, nah, it doesn't look like it has rabies. It's some of this other stuff. And Scully lifts up one of the dog's legs to like check under, you know, just checking every part of it. And she finds kind of up in the armpit area of the dog, uh, little black bumps and swollen lymph nodes. And Dr. De Silva points out that that's symptoms of the bubonic plague. Uh, and then Scully goes, well, it's also got this skin irritation up at its neck. And that's when they realize that there's something moving under the dog's skin. Sexy. Which is a creepy I, Yes, thing. I mean creepy, yeah. Uh-huh. If, uh, if you really want to gross me out or creep me out, pretty much anything involving, like, creepy crawlies and parasites and things under the skin really bugs me. <laughs> I don't, that's stuff that makes me uncomfortable. Um, and, and I actually read online that they accomplished that effect with some fake skin and laid over, you know, in the dog's hair and later on, spoiler alert, the people get things under their skin. They basically just use thick skin or not thick skin, fake skin with a little bit of hair and like a wire attached to a little thing and they just moved the thing around under there. It was a pretty simple effect because... This episode was supposed to be a bottle episode being shot, you know, only in one location to try to save money, but they ended up going over budget anyway. Um, anyway, back to the plot in the bathroom, you know, Bear is treating his bite and he grabs like his midsection or whatever in pain and he collapses on the toilet, uh, which is generally how I collapse yep. onto the toilet. <laughs> uh, <laughs> But uh, he takes his shirt off, again, sexy, and he finds black bumps like on the dog under his own armpit. So we now know that something is up with Bear. Uh, Scully autopsies the bodies, yada yada. Those two guys killed themselves, which, duh. Um, and the others were strangled, and she also found out they had fever. And this is when Bear comes in and he's like sweaty and scared looking and he's like, well, did, you know, they have the black spots that the dog had? Uh, and Scully's like, no. And he's like, well, so the spots didn't have anything to do with them killing each other, right? And Dr. Hodge is like, I don't know about that. I just looked at the dog and the spots are gone. So they might have just been the sign of an early disease and Bear gets upset and gets all mad and leaves and Ooh. acts all Bear-y. Um, anything here so far? That I mean, is this kind of how the thing goes as well? Um, not necessarily. Um, okay. I don't, I'm, it's been so long since I watched the thing. Um, it, it, it's mostly a lot of paranoia. Um, instead of like... Gotcha. Instead of like black polyps and stuff, it's more of a um, like it kind of just stays hidden. But if it's hurt or touched with fire or whatever, then it like does a weird morph body thing. Okay, gotcha. So uh, they keep searching around trying to find some clues, 
and Mulder finds a paper with we are not who we are written all over it and then he finds some other stuff and he brings it over to Denny and is like uh can you help me with this um and Denny's like yep this is you know this satellite photo estimates that the ice sheet that we're sitting on is 3,000 meters thick and Mulder's like but it looks like this paper here uh, says they found it to be thicker and Denny's like yep you're right uh, about twice as thick because we're actually sitting on top of a meteor crater so that gives us our first clue about what is probably going on here because meteor crater probably means aliens because aliens because aliens and this is when we hear Dr. Hodge say you know no you're wrong it's impossible and we do the scene change, and it's uh, Hodge and Scully. And Scully says, you know, I analyzed both samples, and Mulder wants to know what's going on. And Scully says um, that there is ammonium hydroxide, you know, which is just ammonia, in this blood sample she tested. And Hodge says that's impossible because ammonia vaporizes at human body temperature. And De Silva says, you know, I, I checked all the air filters and there's no ammonia in the air filters, so I don't know how it got there. And Denny says, I do. I found it in the ice. Uh, plus, I found more. Uh, there's apparently more ammonia than water in the ice. And something about Earth's atmosphere. Whoops, I just actually I skipped to the wrong part of my notes. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Uh, oh, he says the Earth's atmosphere could never have produced that much ammonia even a quarter of a million years ago and says, you know, look in the scope, Mulder. And Mulder says, well, maybe a foreign object put that much uh, ammonia here and looks in the scope and there's a wiggly alive thing in the ice sample. And so Scully looks and she says, oh, wait a minute, I just found this same thing in a blood sample. And this is when it cuts to Bear standing there looking all distressed and sick. So, uh, Scully says something about uh, maybe this organism is the larval stage of a larger animal. And they have a discussion with everybody about maybe why that's not true. Uh, but in the end, they find out that or in the end, they come to the conclusion all the evidence is there that it is true and the this thing somehow grew inside the dead people. And so Bear gets all mad and is like, no, 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 you're all arguing about a bug. We need to get the hell out of here. And Hodge is like, yeah, we, we should. We should get out of here. Maybe we'll just have these bodies sent somewhere else. And Mulder says, nope, can't have these bodies sent somewhere else because... This is an unknown organism. It's an unknown infection. If we send them anywhere, we got to get proper quarantine procedures going on. And some more arguments about biological safeguards. And De Silva says something about, well, the dog did bite Bear. And Bear flips out and is like, well, it jumped on Mulder too. And Mulder's like, well, it didn't break my skin. And Scully, you know, the... <laughs> Scully gets involved and says the only way to proceed is make sure none of them is infected. They need to provide a blood and a stool sample. And she hands out jars, assuming that everyone is just going to be able to crap into a jar. 
Challenge accepted. Challenge accepted. Stay tuned uh, for the next FBI's most unwanted where I crap in a jar. And Bear says something about, I'm not unloading my cargo for anyone. Yeah, it was a weird, that was a weird moment. I was just like, okay, weird place to put a pun, but all right. Well, it's probably a hard, it was probably a hard thing in the 90s when you're on one of the major networks to get around saying, I'm not taking a shit in a jar for you. Yeah, but to just, I'm kind of just, they could just be like, I'm not, they could have easily like, uh, they could have just been like, I'm not doing that. Yeah, e- so easy. But no, they had to make a pun, a poop pun, which... A poop pun. Which, not saying I don't, I'm not against it, but I didn't expect it. Oh no, a cuttlefish is about to come out of my <laughs> asshole. Hold on, It's going to be a rot. Hold on, Kyle. I believe in you. Of course, we always find a way to sneak in South Park. I did find a way to sneak yeah. in South Park. Uh, and Bear gets all mad it, still and is like, I'm leaving. And this is, you know, all building up to obviously something's very wrong with Bear. And he says he's leaving and they have a discussion about, well, we can't let him leave. We need to contain him. So Mulder holds him at gunpoint and Bear is like, fine, fine. I'll, I'll crap in the jar for you. <laughs> And he grabs the sample jar, but smashes it over Mulder's head and tries to run away. And Scully, like a badass, tackles him. And Mulder jumps back up and helps her out. And they grab him and restrain him and realize that under his neck, there's something moving, like on the dog. And uh, Dr. Hodge gets a scalpel and cuts the back of Bear's neck open and pulls out a worm thing. Yeah. Gross. Uh, So Mulder runs off to the broadcast radio to get in contact with the airfield that they came from and says, look, we have a serious biological hazard here. We need immediate pickup and quarantine. And he's basically told, nope, you're fucked. We're getting a big storm here. Nothing is going anywhere. Uh, And you Maybe call the military base because if you don't get out of there, you're also just stuck there because the storm is going to be there real soon. And so Mulder says, is he in any condition to fly? Because if we don't get out of here in an hour, we're going to be stuck here for days. And Scully says, well, nope, Bear can't fly us anywhere. He's dead. Dun, dun, dun. And so, uh, cuts to the worm thing, alien creature suspended in a jar. And Hodge says, well, it's kind of like a tapeworm, but it's not actually like anything I've ever seen. And Mulder says, how is this trend? How is it transmitted? And Hodge is like, I don't know, bite, air, anything, basically no idea. And Scully comes in with another one and says, all the dead bodies had one of these worm things, but this is the only alive one. And she puts it in a jar filled with ammonia. And this is when we kind of learn about the worm thing because she says she found it wrapped around the hypothalamus gland in the brain. And obviously the hypothalamus gland for anyone that took high school biology is the part of the brain that secretes some pretty heavy duty hormones 
including the one that causes aggressiveness, which would make sense because all the people that have been infected have been very aggressive. And Scully says, well, that doesn't make any sense because it wouldn't want to kill its host. And Hodge points out that it didn't actually kill Bear until it was taken away. So obviously when it was being removed, it secreted some sort of poison. And Scully is like, well, then why did the two who committed suicide commit suicide if the uh, worm was in control? And Mulder says uh, maybe they did it to save us, realizing that. You know, thinking that, okay, if they killed themselves, then the worm wouldn't survive. Uh, huh. Typical. Thoughts so far? Um, <laughs> I mean... Jump in anyway. Well, I'm trying to think, like... Because there was one part, like, so far, it's... So far, not that... I mean, not that much different from the thing, except the, the mm -hmm. thing itself is trying to escape. Um, more so. Sure. And just murder everybody. Um, I was a little confused because it's like at this point, mm -hmm. uh, I, I could be just I watched it wrong or like, I don't know. But there seemed to be a point where like after Bear dies and they're all talking about like how they're stuck up there and they have to examine each other and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Like Mulder was very much like, no, we need to get this out of here. We need to keep this thing alive. Or something along mm -hmm. the lives, lines of like, no, we should put it into the system to see how it reacts to. I could be wrong. Oh, I think you, I think you did watch it wrong because I, I was about to talk about that part where you know, uh, Mulder starts having this talk with Scully, saying, you know, I think that this thing is probably extraterrestrial. Yeah. We're we're on a meteor site, uh, and you know, there's a valid scientific belief that life could evolve alternately on other planets and this thing lives in ammonia survives at sub-zero temperatures stuff like that and scully says he goes we need to at least preserve it and study it uh because basically because if there's more of them and they somehow get out they need to know how to destroy it and scully is like no way like if we bring it out of here okay without just that makes without more sense Right, and Scully's like, no, if we uh, if we take it out of here and try to preserve it and other people get infected, a city the size of New York could be fully infected in just a, a few days. And Mulder's like, yeah, right, that's the point. Like, if it's lying dormant somewhere else on the planet, we need to know about it. And so they keep having this big argument while a bunch of other stuff happens on uh, – happens – out in the rest of the place and uh, this is when De Silva and Hodge and Denny all start getting kind of suspicious of everybody else because uh, Hodge says you know Bear's blood got on Scully and De Silva's like well Bear's blood also got on you and so they go to see Mulder and Scully and um <clears throat> Hodge and De Silva and Denny are like, is everything okay in here? Because obviously they've already established the aggression thing and Scully is yelling at Mulder being all aggressive and Hodge says, well, you seem a bit stressed out and this is, you know, Scully gets all mad and is like, well, what the hell are you trying to say? And Mulder's like, whoa, whoa, we all need to calm down. Like it's been a long day. Maybe we should go to sleep. 
And Hodge says, how are we all going to be able to sleep if we all think that everyone else is infected? We need to, you know, we can't go to sleep. And Scully says, the only solution is that we all need to check each other for black spots. And anyone that has black spots needs to be confined. And so this is where we get Mulder making a dick-sized joke about being in the cold because all the guys are stripping yeah. to their underwear or, you know, stripping naked. And Mulder says, look, before anybody judges anything, remember, we're in the Arctic. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Which is just such a, like, just so, just such kind of a Mulder thing, like... All right, we're all getting naked. Let me make a dick-sized joke here real quick. <laughs> and then I also have it in my notes. Why is the scene of Scully examining De Silver, uh, examining Dr. De Silva so, uh, shot so erotically? I don't know, man. I didn't feel that way when I watched it. <laughs> no, I'm not saying I feel like it's an erotic scene. Sure. Like, I can, no, no, no. I'm saying it's shot kind of like, because even when I'm like, this is kind of a weird way to shoot this because I could have the hottest doctor in the world. And if she's checking me for a like potentially life threatening disease, nothing about that is sexy. But like there's a scene where Scully is checking De Silva's naked body and then like looks her right in the eyes and holds her hand and I'm like this is like the director thought he was shooting porn it's, it's weird. possible I mean I like I said I didn't look at it that way like I was just like okay cool um even the light was like red like I was it was weird maybe you didn't notice it but I noticed it it seemed weird to me <laughs> Oh, anyway, none of nobody finds any spots and they all are going off to bed in the sleeping quarters to the bedrooms. And, you know, Mulder and Scully say goodnight. And Mulder says, don't forget the spots on the dog went away. And so this is, you know, Scully goes into the room that she's going to be staying. It's funny in how kind of this was my note was. It's funny, Scully gets the one room that's, like, the typical guy room. <laughs> had, like, pinups. Had, like, had like the pinup of, like, two uh, big-boobed yeah. women that said bosom buddies. Yeah. I was just like, why? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Um, but anyway, she's kind of, like, looking around the room, and she gets kind of freaked out because she realizes she's in, like, the room of this dead person who was killed by this, like, parasite. And she freaks out and pulls the uh, desk in front of her door. Then uh, Denny is sitting up in his bed, kind of, like, hugging his knees and listening to football. And Hodge is writing down why he thinks everyone else might be infected. And Mulder is just sitting in his bed uh, with his gun and kind of just staring. And then it cuts to Mulder bolting awake in the middle of the night. And he hears a door close out in the hallway. So he gets up to see what's going on. And he finds that Denny's door is open, but Denny's not there. So he goes to look for where Denny is. And, you know, the dog is in a cage being all mean dog. 
And then Mulder sees some blood leaking out of a freezer. And for, you know, typical, if somebody's dead in a freezer, he opens the door and the body falls of course. out. <laughs> so um, I feel like I see that a bunch. And most specifically, I always think of that in Clue. Because that happens in Clue. Uh, and Denny is dead. His throat is slit from ear to ear. And of course, at this minute, everyone walks in and sees Mulder with a dead body and thinks he killed him. Of course. And so they have a big argument and they're all yelling at each other. And Mulder says that obviously one of them is infected because he didn't kill Denny, which we know he didn't kill Denny. He found Denny's dead body, but they don't know that. And so, but they all think Mulder did it and that he's infected and things get very tense. And this is a pretty good character moment. Mulder and Scully pull their guns on each yeah. other during this. Ar- I was like, whoa. <laughs> um, pretty early on getting a sense of them trying to figure out if they really can trust each other in these situations. And Scully finally says to him, Mulder, you may not be who you are, which keeps coming up over and over again in this episode. And so they confine Mulder to a storage room. And right as Scully is about to lock him in, he says, in here, I'm going to be safer than you. <laughs> so uh, she starts thinking about that, really kind of questioning how much, obviously questioning how much she really trusts Mulder to be himself. And, you know, trying to think of her relationship with Mulder. So she walks off and she finds Hodge and De Silva. Uh, hunched over sleeping and she goes to look at De Silva's neck but Hodge jumps up and grabs her and so Hodge is like you know you're kind of the only one here with a gun if you're infected uh, you're just gonna be able to kill everybody else so uh, Scully takes the bullets out of her gun and throws them out into the snow which seems like a really bad idea Hor, I uh- Anytime there's ever anything involving, like, you know, you're the only one with a gun, and then they, so their first instinct is to just throw, like, mm-hmm. the bullets. I mean, I understand, but I, I, I don't know. For me, I'm just right. like, you're dumb. Like a sign of good faith, but at the same time, it's like, uh, this doesn't seem like a good idea. Yeah. But Hodge is like, look, we can't break under stress. It's just the three of us now. And Scully says, nope. There's four of us. If Mulder really is infected, like that's not his fault. We need to help him. And De Silva agrees and Hodge says, fine. But if he really is infected, he doesn't go back to civilization. We just leave him here. So Scully tries to radio the airfield again and send out a distress signal. But nobody responds because the storm is too bad. And as Hodge and De Silva are examining some more blood samples. Uh, Hodge says to De Silva, who is starting to act very weird, he says, you know, put uh, some of the uninfected blood on top of the infected blood. And she screws up and puts infected blood on infected blood. And while they're arguing, Scully looks at the blood sample and she sees that the two organisms have killed each other, kind of like if you put two betta fish into one tank. That's all I could think of. I mean, that's the easiest. Uh, yeah. It, it makes the most sense. Yep. So Scully goes to the cooler where they're keeping the two alive worms and she puts their two jars next to each other 
and the worms see each other through the jars and start trying to attack each other. And Scully realizes that they don't go to get, like they only live one at a time. And if they're put near each other, they will kill each other. And so Hodge is like, wait, are you suggesting the only way to cure an infected person is to infect them with a second worm? And Scully says, yep, I think so. So they sedate the dog again and they put a worm in his ear, which made me think of Star Trek 2 uh, because Khan puts things, in, puts the uh, brain control slugs into people's ears. And uh, the dog comes out okay. And it turns all happy and normal again. It's a good dog. So, it's a good dog. He's a good boy or a good girl. I guess I don't know which one it was because they didn't say. Um, so Hodge is like, all right, uh, the dog took a crap and the worms were in the crap and they're dead, <laughs> which is. So they Guys, we are made like, it. <laughs> so basically it's like, all right, we're going to go put a worm in Mulder's ear. And Scully's like, wait a minute, wait a minute. I really need to go in there and talk to him and figure this out. Like, so she goes in all by herself. And Mulder's like, is that really you? And Scully's like, yeah, it's really me. And Mulder says, then it's definitely one of them that's infected. And she's like, well, no one's been killed since you've been locked in here. Uh, Kind of implying that she still thinks it might be Mulder. And Mulder's like, so what? And Scully explains how the worm gets killed. And Mulder says, look, if you put one of those things in my ear, I'm going to be infected because I'm not infected right now. And Scully says, well, if that's true, then how come you didn't let us uh, look at you before? And Mulder says, I would have, but you pulled a gun on me. And, you know, makes sense. And he says, now, look, I don't trust them out there, but I want to trust you. And Scully says, fine. So she checks the back of his neck uh, and there's nothing moving under his skin. And he checks the back of her neck and there's nothing moving under her neck and so they're like all right neither one of us is infected and so they go outside and De Silva uh is like well here's the last jar she's not gonna let us give it to him and Hodge says she'll have to um and Scully and Mulder come out and they're like well neither one of us is infected so it's one of you And Hodge says, fine, let's go back to the main building and you can inspect us. But he jumps on Mulder and is like, I'm going to put this worm in your ear. De Silva, get the worm. And, uh, oh, by the way, and Scully gets locked in the storage closet. Oh, yeah. This is going on. And she's trying to bust out. And Mulder and Hodge are having a fight, but Mulder loses and gets pinned to the ground. And as De Silva bends over to put the worm in his ear, Hodge sees that she's infected because he can see the worm moving at the back of her neck. And so he like throws Mulder free and pushes her away and De Silva runs and Mulder lets Scully out of the closet and they go after her and Hodge grabs the last living worm, which by the way, they used something called a super meal worm to be the worm and just the idea of a super meal worm grosses me out <laughs> I, I think those ones are like super big too like yeah super it, meal worm i'm just curious like it, 
Because they're... oh, it was the thing you saw him picking up, like with oh it, yeah, it was big. It's gross. Like it's a real thing. It's gross. Um, so anyway, blah blah blah. Basically, winding up the story, they catch De Silva. They put the other worm in her ear. You know, she's cured. Um, cuts to the airbase. Uh, with De Silva has a biohazard suit on and is being put in a uh, ambulance so that she can be quarantined along with the dog. And um, you know everybody else has been declared okay to go. And Hodge says there's an airplane over there ready to take us away. And Mulder says I'm not going away. I'm I'm getting properly prepared and I'm going back there to study the thing. And Hodge says, look, you can't go back there. 45 minutes after we left, the the place got torched. Like they burned it down. There's nothing left. And Mulder says, well, who burned it? Or Scully says, who burned it rather? And he says, I don't know, the military, the CDC, who knows? Just somebody burned it and walks away and Mulder says, it's still there, Scully. It's 200,000 years down in the ice. And Scully says, leave it there and walks away. And then Mulder stands there for a minute and then follows her. And that's the end of the episode. So that was Ice. Ice baby. Ice, ice baby. Yep. Um, kind of glossed over the fact that, uh, you know, in describe, you know, going through the plot kind of glossed over the fact that there's actually a lot of really good tense moments in this episode. They really were like, that's, that's one of the things I really enjoy was this one definitely like had a whole really felt out the whole, um, are they really infected? Um, Mm -hmm. kind of homage. And I mean, overall like right when, when i when i mentioned earlier like it reminds me a lot of the thing like that's it's kind of more or less that stuff versus like right it's a worm in this but in the thing it's like a i don't even remember what it is but it's like a weird shape-shifting yeah. type thing yeah right and it, it's kind of just the whole uh topic of paranoia over Basically, kind of over stolen identity is what it comes down to. Yeah. Um, and a lot of, uh, and actually doing a pretty good job at, I had actually forgotten which one of them at the, because I hadn't seen this one in a while. I had forgotten which one. I knew it wasn't Mulder or Scully that was infected, but I couldn't remember if it was Hodge or De Silva. And still, even knowing it wasn't Mulder or Scully, they kind of do a good job of setting up, well, wait a minute, who is going to be the infected person here? Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Uh, final thoughts, letter grade, favorite moment, stuff like that? Um, I'm a big fan of like the little moments where it's like showing it under the skin. Mm-hmm. Uh, very, I like practical effects like that. Um, I would yep. say this is definitely higher up than the last couple, obviously. Oh, sure. This is definitely more in, like, the A category. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I I freaking enjoyed it just because I do enjoy watching the thing and those, those kind of yep. weird resemblances. I'm just like, oh, perfect. This is great. I love it. Yeah. Uh, 
pretty much agree. I think a lot of the stuff in here for like um, the setting up of all the tension, uh, especially the stuff between kind of more of the trust building between Mulder and Scully, especially the scene where everybody thinks Mulder's infected and they end up pulling their guns on each yeah. other is all really good stuff. Uh, definitely a classic episode of the X-Files, which is pretty early on for a classic episode. So yeah, uh, episodes of the X-Files do get better than this, but not by much. So yeah, probably a pretty solid A from me as well. Hell yeah. Yeah. Now I said just now that episodes of the X-Files get better than this, but not by much, but Next week, episodes of the X Files get much worse than this. Oh uh, man, sorry are we to have say. Some fun. Next week, oh, boy, you better come armed with like a joke book or something. I'm gonna come armed with it, something to make next week interesting. Sorry, everybody, I'm setting you up now. I just want everybody to be prepared. Next week's episode is space, which the final frontier. Space, the final frontier. The I've been now you got me start. I've been watching so much Star Trek: The Next Generation. Um, <laughs> I, I, boy, I'm gonna give it away now. Space, I think personally, is the worst episode of the show, including everything from season nine, which everybody says is the worst season of the X Files. <laughs> So just everybody be prepared for that. I'm warning you now. We'll talk about it more next week when we discuss Season 1, Episode 9, Space. Yes! What a... Oh, God. Even that name. I mean... We'll get to it. We'll get to it. For now, we'll just celebrate the fact that this was a good episode and say goodbye, everybody. Later. The FBI's Most Unwanted is a production of Two Broke Geeks Entertainment and is part of the Atomic Geekdom Network. Find the flagship Two Broke Geeks podcast wherever you download podcasts or online at twobrokegeeks.com. You can find the Atomic Geekdom Network at atomicgeekdom.com. Our artwork is by Justin Kowalski. You can find him on Twitter at J underscore Rocka. Our theme music is by Tony Longworth. You can find him on Twitter at Tony Longworth or on Facebook, Tony Longworth, Dark Composer. You can help out the podcast by subscribing and leaving us a review. Thanks. Thanks.